Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Wellness Realness. This is Christina's wannabe co-host, Liz, and I'm here today to interview my wonderful guest, Christina. <laughs> What's going on? Hey. Hey, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you Thanks here. Thanks for inviting me on my own show. Yeah. I'm I mean, honored. I, I thought about whether I should just do a solo podcast, <laughs> but I thought I'm so it would much be more great. entertaining. Well, yeah, I am. It's tough to say. I'm entertaining. It's, it's not a competition. It's fun having someone else do the intro. Yeah, that was kind of fun. That was like a kind of like a dream of mine. You do you know? feel like you nailed it? I do. <laughs> I think you nailed it. <laughs> I feel like the intro is always so weird for me. I'm like, I don't know how to start like, right now. What's up, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like on my other radio. But yeah, you just kind of, you just get comfortable with the awkwardness. And then you just got to lean in. in. Yeah. It's weird. I've been doing this for a while and it's still sometimes just, it just weird. Still trips you up a little yeah, bit. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So, but yeah, thanks Luckily, for, I'm an expert. Thanks for being my host today. I'm happy to do it. So, um, I am here. I'm visiting Christina in San Diego, and we were talking about podcasting. I've been on a couple episodes previously. Don't remember the numbers, but <laughs> we'll you put can, them in the show notes. We'll put them in the show notes. Um, I love how you're just taking control. I keep going. I asked you if I could, and you yes. said that I could. You have, you have complete control. Um, I've been on a couple episodes previously, and we were talking about what we might talk about. And and did you say your name? I'm Liz. I think I said this. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah. I'm Elizabeth um, Anthony. Yeah, Elizabeth Anthony. Um, the artist formerly known as that paleo girl. Yeah, the artist, the creative director. <laughs> the creative director. Um, no, but we were talking about what we might talk about, and we kind of actually settled on realizing that Christina doesn't really get to talk about herself as often, and like so many, she interviews so many people, but I was like, there's a lot you're your audience doesn't know about you that I think it'd be really interesting to share. Well, I would like to amend that. I think I do talk about myself a good amount. Well, you share a lot. I share a lot, but I think on the podcast specifically, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, dive in, you know. Well, and what we were kind of saying is like what you, what you say kind of independently Mm -hmm. is going to be different from what you might be asked by another person. And it's good to have someone who can like listen and push you and kind of direct the conversation. Yeah. And I think it'll be fun to be interviewed by someone who knows me. So you might know the right questions to ask. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get interviewed on other podcasts, Mm -hmm. but I, I kind of always feel like, wow, it'd be so different if you like knew things about me because you would know the right question to ask, which is part of being a good podcast interview interviewer, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, someone asked me recently, how do you know what questions to ask? And 
that's, I mean, I have a lot of tricks of questions I ask, but you do have to know things. The more personal things you know about someone going into it, the better questions you can yeah. ask, honestly. So yeah, I thought it'd be fun to have Liz interview me. And I also feel like, you know, with the audience always growing, podcast, blog, Instagram, you know, I'm sure there are people who are newer, mm -hmm. um, who maybe don't know as much about me, like versus, you know, some of you have literally been here since actually adultish and you followed my whole story. And I think I used to share a lot more, mm -hmm. um, than I do now uh, on the blog and the podcast, not because I don't like to share, but just kind of time and the way that my job turned. Right. Uh, Cause before it was really just for fun. Right. And it was just like kind of my life and now it's turned into like a business, like yeah, a business and giving people health and wellness information. And that's not my my me you know yeah. like it's information so anyways i told liz she can have total control and reign and she could take it wherever she wherever she wants so we can maybe have a fun synopsis of me yeah and i want to think that means. I, I do want to give people a good idea of you know your business and what kind of your mission is mm -hmm. but i also hope to open some doors into sides of you that they probably have never seen i'm before. excited for this i'm really curious what you like want people to know about me that you think they don't know because you know like I know everything about me mm -hmm. and I'm sure you learned things about me being so close to me like Liz probably knows me better than probably you probably know me better than anyone I feel good about that yeah you probably know me more so you know this will be pretty interesting um so yeah I'll let you take it where you want to go okay. you know we've had a fun We've had a fun couple days. We have. It's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind. It always is. I traveled for 26 hours to get here. She traveled across the world literally to see me. I, I really did. Specifically <laughs> for me. No other reason. Definitely not just to get back in the U.S. <laughs> but but being, I, could have, I could have traveled much less to just go home. Yes, true. But she... But I did my part in being friend and mm -hmm. drove to Los Angeles to pick you up. Really so, best friend status. Yeah, best friend status. I microdermabrasioned your face last night. That was not a, a special word. moment. Yeah. I, you know what? You know someone's a real friend when they're sucking the skin off. I was face. just like, I, I feel a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> with this, but here we go. <laughs> I, there's no, I didn't actually even know what was happening. You were just like, grab that pillow and lay down. And I was yeah. like, okay. And all of a sudden there was this machine on my face. I know no limits. I know no limits. I'm very comfortable with people. You are. So, okay. So let's talk. I kind of want to frame the beginning of this conversation was something that we talked about earlier. So um, as most of you probably know, Christina is into a lot of different um, kind of aspects of health and different factors that contribute. And we were talking about an astrology session that she had earlier. Mm. And one thing that really struck me was that your uh, astrologist who was doing your reading mm -hmm. Said that. Who wait? I also want to give a shout out yeah, to give on this episode, out. Cassie Aurora. If you go to cassieaurora.com, her services are there. She's amazing. She's also a Reiki practitioner like myself, but she, um, amazing at astrology. And it, I think it's really hard to find someone who really understands true astrology rather mm -hmm. than like kind of this bullshit fake astrology you see, um, in and, the in the media, you know. Um, and she's super intuitive, so I just want to give her a shout out because it was an amazing session. Yeah, and everything you were telling me was just so on point I about know. your life, both. And I think what we talked about is like it just it kind of made sense of things that mm -hmm. hadn't always made sense. But anyway, one of the things that she said to you that I thought was so profound is she talked about your mess becoming your message. Yeah. And I think that there's two parts to that that I'd really love to unpack. And the first is like, 
what do you think is like part of this mess? Mm -hmm. I'm doing air quotes, but like, what do you think that is that has like formed you into the person you are? Mm -hmm. And then the second part is like, what do you think your message is? Like, what are you trying to get? So let's start with the first part. Yeah. I mean, that question alone could be a whole podcast. I know my, my mess. I am like, I'm a mess. (laughs) I'm an organized mess. I feel like I come across, I feel like I'm a very interesting a combination of being a total mess but also having everything together does that does that resonate yes you understand what i'm saying because you know me yes um kind of like how people think i'm so organized and i am in some level but i'm also like if you look around my apartment like i'm a total mess like i'm the type of person where everything might look clean but you open a drawer and it's just a shit show yeah right and that's kind of how my life is too. <laughs> um but i think it's important for people to kind of understand where you came from mm-hmm. because I do think it has shaped so much. Yeah. And so maybe like, I, I mean, I know it could be a whole podcast, but maybe just talk briefly about like a few of the main sources that you feel like have contributed to like the mission that you're on now. So let's, so we want to talk about my mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm here for it. Okay. So I think it goes all the way back to, you know, growing up. And um, if you've listened to my podcasts on like my history with depression, and anxiety, or the, I forget what that episode was called, the one that changed it all, how Western medicine failed me. Like, yeah. you probably know a good amount of, of this, but I think, you know, growing up, um, I always struggled with really bad anxiety, and it was just really hard for me to kind of be in the world, and mm-hmm. I was afraid of everything. I was telling you about this, like, I was so afraid of natural disasters. Like, just think, like, now I think about it, I'm like, I there was a real chemical imbalance going on in my head. Like the way I viewed the, viewed the world was not normal. I could not sleep. Like I didn't sleep for months. Like, um, my no, parents, it was yeah, debilitating. It was debilitating. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would just cry every day and I would, I think this is why my, my parents didn't know what to do with me. Like I would be like how I would ask my mom, like, how can you live in this world when it's completely unsafe? Like, how can you, how can you close your, close your eyes at night and, and be okay with sleeping when the house could catch on fire or the earth could break beneath us or someone could run into the house and try and rob us and shoot us. Mm-hmm. Like literally, this is what I was thinking when I was four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a combination of um, gut imbalances, <laughs> metals, like all these, all these physiological things, chemical imbalances in my brain, um, poor food supply and like watching too many lifetime movies with my sister. And it was just like this perfect, you know, storm. And I always also felt very, um, kind of disconnected with everyone around me from a young mm-hmm. age. Like, you know, people were calling me mature when I was four, you know, I always did much better with people who are much older than me. Um, whether that be, you know, adults, which can be a great gift, but it can be very isolated. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of this feeling that I know a lot of people saying probably resonate with, like, I just don't connect with people around me, my age, you know, and at the time it was really hard. And also, you know, kind of tying into the spirituality side of things now, like when I was really little, I remember like sitting in my room and like talking to spirits, Mm -hmm. like, and I, I just thought, you know, I was being a kid. It was very odd. And what religious beliefs were you raised with and yeah. how those impact? Yeah. So I was raised, um, my mom's Catholic, my dad's Christian, but really doesn't really practice any faith. But like growing up, we practiced Catholicism and I went to Catholic school, um, 
kindergarten through eighth grade and then public high school. Um, so I was raised being Catholic and, you know, got all my sacraments, like went through all the motions. And, um, I think during that time, there are times where, you know, at the beginning I was just kind of like following along. Mm -hmm. And then I started to kind of, you know, question and really embrace, I tried to really embrace it. Like I would go to Christian camps and like, I, I was around people who were really into the religion and I really wanted to believe. And I really, you know, wanted this belief system because I was struggling so much emotionally. I needed something to make sense of the world and mm -hmm. to make sense of why all this crazy shit could happen and how I felt so unsafe. And I had such bad depression and such bad anxiety. Um, my depression really set in when I was in middle school, but this whole time, you know, I'm trying to make sense of the world so I can live in it. Cause I right. literally, I w it was debilitating and just the way my brain was working, you know? Um, and I tried really hard and I kind of faked for a bit being into it. I was trying to like tell myself, I was like reading the Bible and like trying to see it from different perspectives and getting the more of like the Christian perspective versus the Catholic perspective, which the Christian side resonated more with me than like, like strict, you know, Catholicism, mm -hmm. but it still just, it just wasn't clicking. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't, I was like, I can't believe in all of this. And like, it doesn't match up kind of what we were talking about earlier, like mm -hmm. with what I'm experiencing and feeling in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't believe in a God that tells me I have to do X, Y, and Z to prove that I believe in him. I don't, you know, like all these arbitrary rules. Like I just didn't, I just didn't get it. Um, and yeah, so I was raised that way. And then kind of in high school, just was like, I'm not religious at mm -hmm. all. Like I, after, and it, my sister and I both kind of the same thing. We told my mom, we're like, after confirmation, like I'm done. You know, like yeah. my mom was like, you just have to get your sacraments, right? So we got our sacraments and then I'm like, okay, bye. I just don't really, and I never Which really. Which is so funny because confirmation is literally supposed to be like you confirming. Yeah, that like It's what you, whatever. It's, it's so funny. funny. Yeah, but I was, so I was raised that and I, I'm really glad I was. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm real. I think it's really important to be raised with kind of a set of beliefs, even if you don't end up believing them. But also in terms of, I look at like pop culture now and um, watching movies, reading books. And there are so many references to the Bible that I, my friends who grew up without religion don't even get, it goes mm -hmm. over their head. And I'm like, I can find such a deeper meaning in so many different texts, books, movies, music that I wouldn't, if I didn't know all those Bible stories, for example, you know? So I, I you know, things like that. And also what we were talking about before, like now, um, that knowledge, um, it really helps me make sense of my beliefs now. Right. Um, but yeah, high school pretty much, you know, just didn't believe in it, didn't think about it and really didn't really think about spiritual beliefs until the last like two years, hmm. which, you know, now everything kind of came together, but that's kind of the religious side of thing, but I, side of things, but I think going back to the mess piece, you know, just like really dealing with the mental health issues and like, um, feeling very disconnected and like, the major bullying that went on in middle school really affected me and like mm. now I see it's like how HSP I am and how I pick up at any everyone's energies and like what she was saying before like so much of me when I'm communicating with someone like what they're verbally saying is like three percent of what I pick up on I pick up on the energy the body language the subconscious things like I'm just getting all these other signals that that's what I'm reading and I think sometimes that's what's interesting for me in communication with people like like they will say something verbally and I'll like throw out a like a comment or a question that's like totally off to them. But to me, I'm like, that's what I, that's what I heard. That's what mm -hmm. I felt. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's interesting, but yeah, I think the mental health stuff and then, you know, in high school feeling super depressed, same and like kind of feeling like 
for a while, like, you know, not having friends that really got me. I did, I did find people, you know, it took some time, but I think just the depression, anxiety side of things. And then when I got into college feeling really, and I, I started feeling this, um, towards the end of high school, especially starting to study philosophy and like, what is my purpose? Like these questions, like, I'm just like, I feel purposeless. Like my life cannot be like, wake up, study, go to school, go to volleyball practice, you know, do homework, sleep. I'm miserable. Like, you know, I go to parties and people just get drunk and no one talks about anything real. I'm like, is this life? Mm -hmm. Like, this is stupid. And I was dealing with this like existential crisis and that kind of brought me through, um, to the beginning, you know, halfway through college. And then, you know, I've been dealing with gut issues for so long. And then those reaches head in college. And then I, you know, dealt with, you know, my digestion just stopped working. I had that big health crisis. I lost a ton of weight. The doctors didn't know what was going on. And that was a huge mess in my life. Like Mm -hmm. literally thinking I was going to die because I was so underweight and no one could help me. Um, And then that whole health mess, you know, kind of, forced me to start doing my own research trying to heal myself looking into different healing modalities and brought me into this whole world this whole ancestral health world natural healing um and got further with that and then living in LA and being exposed to you know different ways of thinking and my functional medicine doctor in Jordan and um you know then my health getting better and then falling apart again led me to the spirituality piece Mm -hmm. And I think it's just been like every time there's a mess, every time there's a health mess, a mental health, a a physical health mess, a mental health mess, that all has informed the message, right? which can go in a lot of different directions. But at the end of the day is about basically empowering people to not give up because there were so many times in my life that I contemplated, you know, my purpose. I contemplated my life, if it was worth it. Um, you know, if I should just fold and end it, or should I fold and just settle for a life that's 25% happy, Mm -hmm. you know, like all of those questions, like empowering people to keep fighting for themselves and believe there's always another answer to the mess, which I found like so many different ways to heal emotionally, physically, um, so many different paths to finding friendships and networks and relationships, um, like building my version of a family outside of my family Mm -hmm. um and like just cutting through all the bullshit you know like cutting through all the bullshit like really finding your purpose and like fighting for yourself you know in terms of health in terms of life and i think that's also how the brand has evolved like i talk so much about health and wellness because i feel like that's the first pillar but at the end of the day it's like so people actually feel amazing and like that starts with physical health but also mental health and like the spiritual piece and like really finding a purpose and i don't think someone can i just don't think someone can fully be connected with their greater purpose if they're not taking care of themselves physically right um and that's like you look at anyone who is like like the highest you know the like the biggest CEOs and everyone who's super successful in whatever their field is like they take care of themselves and it's like you need that mental clarity to be able to fight for yourself push harder like whatever you want to do so I hope that does it answer yeah I think it's great and I just wanted to highlight a couple of the things you said that because I think you know the the brand being wellness realness Mm -hmm. obviously what most people think of for you is kind of the health side of things Mm -hmm. nutrition and gut health and hormones and all those things but 
that's only one small part of your mess. Mm -hmm. Like when you got physically sick, Mm -hmm. it was so much later. And I think what many people might not understand or like might not fully see is that the bigger kind of, I think what has really informed who you are today and like the impact that you want to make on the world is actually the like deep sort of psychological and emotional healing Mm -hmm. that has taken place and how you sought connection and you sought purpose Mm -hmm. and that you see that like, Exactly like you said, health can be one part of that for people, mm-hmm. but that there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah. I think um, I talked about this a little bit on Instagram the other day, but something for me, we talk about childhood wounds, and I mean, I have I've had plenty that I've had to work through and explore. And one that I get triggered with a lot um, is like that fear of abandonment. And I think for me, it was a lot of like, trying to connect with people on a deeper level and them not responding and me taking that as like rejection mm-hmm. or like shut that part down. Don't ask those questions when really it's like people just like didn't know probably how to answer or just, I think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and really searching for like that deep connection. And for me that felt like rejection in terms of like, I didn't connect with a lot of people, you know, uh, it was really hard for me to find friends I really liked and easier for me to retreat and also feeling like the oddball out in my family, Mm -hmm. um, and feeling really isolated and this pattern that I probably very much attracted, but also like just because of my personality type, um, I have, like when I have someone in my life who's important to me, like I give them everything. Like I will do anything for that person. Um, and it was like kind of this pattern of every person who I got very close to, it would be like a really intense, strong relationship, whether that be, you know, for like friendships, like any, like anything like, and then me getting screwed over. Mm. And it was like this thing that kept happening to me over and over again. So it was easier for me, like coupled with this general sense of like, I'm rejected anytime I like, put myself out there um that made me just kind of give up for a while on that or just kind of believe like it's easier for me to put up walls than to keep giving myself to people who screw me over Mm -hmm. and like this pattern of like my friends being like i don't know why you're so great to her like she like you know she like you guys are best friends and then she totally fucks you over and that was like this pattern you know and so what do you think has changed either like the way you approach that or that pattern in your life Um, I think a few things. I think I, well, first of all, um, I I think part of it is like, as you grow up, you have so much more control over who you get to be friends with. Um, especially with my job and I made that happen. Right. You know, and even when I felt like, like in college, it was like harder for me to find people I connected with as well but I made friends through my social media, you know, or it was like in high school, it was like, I only knew these people around Mm -hmm. me. Right. So I was like, but no one here. So it was like forcing myself to make new connections. Like if this isn't working, my immediate environment, go find someone new, like make it happen. There are people out there and like believing, believing that there are that really get you. Um, and I also think like, um, just all of the deeper work I've done on myself and like really, really believing in my self-worth. Like I hated myself for so long and always felt like there was always something wrong with me and like, like figuring out what makes me special and like why I am great and like owning that. And like now if someone kind of crosses me, I don't need you. 
mm-hmm. you know it's like i think it it used to this is common for a lot of people it's like you when you used to come from a place of lack or scarcity it's like these are my only friends it's my only option i no longer believe there's ever just like this is my only option or it's not gonna work it's like i have so many options forever that if it doesn't work then you know goodbye good riddance wish you luck um i learned from that and like i will find something else that's better and i think that's just one of your many sort of belief systems that you've shifted like how you respond to those in your own life and what would you say to people that maybe kind of notice that they're stuck in negative thought patterns, like some of the ones you used to be stuck in. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you shift that? Like what, what were some of the steps you took to start shifting the way that you believe? Oh, wow. Okay. Shifting. First of all, awareness, mm. awareness of what they are. So many people just don't, aren't even aware. And like a lot of thinking about what you're thinking mm-hmm. and, you know, like learning more about the, the, what the types of negative brain pathways are. Um, and then starting to identify them in your own life, whether that be perfectionism, always thinking the other shoe's going to drop, you know, like, um, like there's so many different negative, like future forecasting, predicting the future, um, you know, thinking the future is going to be what the past was. It's a really mm-hmm. common one. Like we tend to think that because something happened in the past, it's going to happen again, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then you track that in. That's what you're thinking. And so I think awareness is really important. And so for me, it was like thinking about what I was thinking about and journaling and talking for like and this is why like working with someone is really helpful you know and like this is why like really to rewire your brain you have to work with someone else because they can pull out your your thought pattern you know and Mm -hmm. I think something I'm really good at like that every therapist I've ever had and like every coach they're like you're really like honest with yourself like like when someone tells me you're thinking x y and z like this is a negative thought pattern like like when they're pulling out what I'm subconsciously saying, I'm very much, I'm very good at being like, oh shit, you're right. Mm -hmm. Versus a lot of people are super resistant. They're like, no, that's not what I was thinking. Like, you know, and they're just like resist, resist, resist. But if you just release your resistance and you surrender and you open up to like brutal honesty. And I think that's also like my approach. People get scared of me just like in relationships because I'm so brutally honest because that's just the way my brain works I just don't see the point in lying to ourselves or other people or just like beating around the bush like I'm just like can we just get things done right and I'm not going to progress as a person not going to be able to change those negative brain pathways if I'm wasting time saying I don't have them right like why not open yourself up to the possibility that you're doing all these things wrong so that you can change them and do them right or even better and that's something I really value about you as a friend is like, I think some people, some people might get scared off by your honesty, but I actually find it kind of liberating because mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that I don't sometimes confide in people is because I don't think they'll actually share their real reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, maybe they'll say like, oh, that's okay. Like you're fine. But like, you don't know what they actually think about what you yeah. told them. And with you, I know that's not the case. And I know that you'll tell me if something is out of line yeah. or you'll help me like move past something if it's like kind of an emotional block or whatever. Um, and so I actually find that very refreshing, but someone, we called for Instagram <laughs> questions and someone was like, are do you me, aware? Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you can read the question. I just thought the question was so funny for a multitude of reasons. Um, um, okay. Uh, do you know you come off as super intimidating, but also very knowledgeable? <laughs> Does it bother you? It's so funny because this is, I don't know if I told you this, but this was a big conversation at the retreat. Oh, we I talked about me being intimidating. Um, 
I don't know how the, this turned. It was during our super like spiritual intense chat. And this has been very interesting for me. Really, I didn't notice. I mean, people have thrown that out there to me over the course of my life. But it really didn't become apparent to me until I started dating a lot this year. Because I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> I was going to segue into that. Because every guy I have dated has said to me, that I'm intimidating. But that's like your dirty talk. Yeah, I, I really like it. I really like it. Because be like, oh, tell me I'm intimidating one more time. <laughs> because I, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I don't see it as, you know, but, and anyway, so at the retreat, one of the girls said that I was intimidating. I was like, well, let's unpack that. Like, what about me is intimidating? And why is it that when a woman is confident, that's intimidating versus just like, wow, that's cool. You know, and to me, I, I think a lot of people um, assign value to different like people who are like Nazis about words. Like they get so triggered by your language use. I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. So to me, the word intimidating doesn't really have a negative or positive connotation. It's like I kind of like it, you know, because someone I think some other people, if they're called intimidating, would be like, that's so mean or I don't know. I, I think it's kind of uh, a, a compliment. Yeah, because I'm like. If someone's intimidating to you, to me, it means like, wow, there's something about them that like, you know, makes me take a step back and like, and I think it's my confidence, you know? Um, and I think because I, you know, I don't want to sound like full of myself, but I have like actual real confidence, mm -hmm. like versus a lot of people like act like they're confident. And I talked about this too the other day. I was like, you know, if someone who's really confident doesn't have to run around and like say they're confident. Right. And they don't have to be loud and proud about it. Like I used to fake confident like when I was younger I'd fake confidence by like being super outgoing and loud and I'm like you know me now it's like I have times where I'm super outgoing and you know crazy and other times where I'm just kind of just chilling and I don't really feel like I have to prove myself to anyone if someone just talks to me and has a conversation with me they probably pick up on the confidence because I just know what I believe mm -hmm. um, and that's one thing that I think you have really reinforced to me many times is like that we often um, take things as like a reflection of us when really they're a reflection on the other person. Mm -hmm. So to me, when someone is intimidated by you, it has a lot more to say about maybe their discomfort with themselves yeah, and with their own confidence levels. Yeah. And so I don't think that that's why you take intimidating as a compliment, but I just think to you, it's like, it's not a negative thing about you because yeah. that's, that's it's their interpretation them. because that person could just as easily say, you can look at me and say, she's intimidating. Or you can say, Oh, she's confident. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's two different ways of seeing or whatever other word you, what, why ever you think I'm intimidating? Mm -hmm. Um, because I think also, I guess now I'm thinking about this. I think some people think intimidating is mean, but like, I'm not mean. Like, I, I really don't think I mean, no, uh, I think I'm just straightforward. <laughs> um, you, you have a very strong presence, so it can be a little bit scary to oppose you sometimes. But what I've learned with you is that you're not actually mad. You just operate at such a high speed. Yeah. But if I, I do. if I like push back against you, you're like, well, why? But why? Yeah. Why? Why? And I'm like, oh, she just talks that fast. Like her brain just works that quickly. I'm just passionate. I think, and I think I get a lot of that from my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, like my mom, same thing. She's everyone's intimidated by my mom. Like that's just like her factor. And I'm not, I, because I know my mom talks and that's just how we were raised you know it's like when you think I'm stressed out I'm just like no I'm just like talking you know so we're just like high energy like this is how we talk and I'm just like no no bullshit like I think that's just the kind of how she communicates that's how I communicate and I get excited about things mm -hmm. and um yeah I don't know uh, 
I, I don't really get mad about that many things. If I'm mad, if I'm really mad about something, I'm more likely to be like very silent and like, like, like slow. If I'm actually mad, I'm not really the type to like fly off the handle. Well, and I think what's what, what I really respect about you is that you will be very straight up with someone. So it's not like you get mad and let things like fester and whatever. It's like you have boundaries. And if someone crosses those, you'll be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to waste your energy yeah. being mad at them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the ba- it's the boundaries thing. Yeah. I, I think that's the pro- it's, it's like everyone when people say intimidating or like whatever, I'm like, what you were saying, it's about them, mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are plenty of things that I think. Whenever I think something about someone else that says more about me than what it really is about them, it's my interpretation. You know, Absolutely. people like no one can force you to feel a certain way. You know, we interpret things that we see in the world, and we create meaning behind it and that is based on our subconscious beliefs about ourselves Mm -hmm. you know and so you can take everything personally or you know or like say it's them it's them it's them it's like how much are you projecting onto other people Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i don't know i think it's just it's all the interpretation i don't like i think i can't think of anyone who i think of as intimidating i think that says a lot about me yeah honestly like that's not a word i use to describe other people says a lot about your own confidence level yeah you know it's like it's interesting and this is and that's exactly what i brought up to the girls i'm like why is it that you're using that word Mm -hmm. you know like what is it about yourself you know what i mean and she and the one girl she was like well i guess it's like you have a lot of confidence and i wish i had that and i'm like well the the fact that you use the the word intimidating rather than confident and you're saying it's because you want my confidence like to me tells me that you don't believe you can have that confidence so you're you're assigning a word that you feel like has a negative connotation to make it okay in your head that you think you can't have that confidence mm. when if you really believed you could be that confident you would be like damn she's confident mm-hmm. do you understand what i'm saying the distinction there yeah because one comes from a place of insecurity mm-hmm. and the other comes from a place of like admiration and inspiration yes it's like a place of lack and scarcity versus like a place of like growth mindedness and love exactly so yeah, yeah a lot of attitude there um so we're gonna switch gears and you know ask some other questions but why don't you take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for the episode oh yes today's sponsor i'm super excited blue blocks have you tra- have you well you use blue blockers i do use blue blockers yeah so I, my family thinks i'm crazy um i mean i think they're fashionable but like the blue blocks <laughs> ones actually are they have so many cute frames and yeah, mine are not as cute as yours yeah I should be getting this they brand. have like I think over 20 different frames that you can pick from. So they're actually cute. And you can also send in your own frames if you want. So they do that. Or people who like have prescription glasses, you know. So that's really cool. But I've tried so many different blue blockers over the years. And I like need them. Because maybe we can talk about this just in general. Like I need blue blockers because I use technology before bed when I shouldn't. Um, we all know, but it's fine. You really shouldn't, but we have, we can so talk much, about your sleep we have, schedule. We have later. so much blue light exposure and it really disrupts your circadian rhythm, which most of us is already off. Right. Mm-hmm. Helps a ton with sleep. Like I notice a huge difference when I don't, when I don't wear them, I'm more likely to wake up in the middle of the night. I just like have disrupted sleep. I wake up feeling tired. Um, also like if you have migraines during the day, I've been wearing the daytime glasses and like, I because I look at a screen all day, it helps me so much. It helps so yeah much. Yeah, you know how when you get those headaches like kind of behind your eyes, mm-hmm. you're looking at a screen for so long. Mm-hmm. If I wear my blue blocks, I don't get that at yeah. all. I didn't even notice that I was dealing with this stuff until I started wearing blue blockers. Like mm-hmm. it's like you don't even notice that you need them until you start wearing them. You're like, oh crap! Like I notice a difference. 
And just like when you get better quality sleep, the rest of the day you're so much more productive. And the color therapy aspect of it like helps with mood. So mm. people have low mood during the day um, should really look into some of their lenses. But I mean, I've tried different brands over the years and because I know like more of I mean I'm not like an expert but I know more of the science behind it I know you really need a red lens and most of the brands out there they're orange glasses right Mm -hmm. the red lens is gonna is gonna block all of the, the full spectrum that you need to be blocked at night so the orange is only part part of it um and then the blue blocks have the red lens and they're super high quality because where it's made matters a lot of companies will like you know kind of cheapen the process of making it um and then I try the blue blocks and it's like a noticeable difference. It's in you, uh, you put them on immediately. And yeah, so I love that you can pick the different frames. They have the red lens for night and they also have two daytime lenses. So they have their blue light clear lens, which is what I use during the day because I work on the computer a lot and I have more natural light around me. So it's best for that. Um, and those are more of a clear lens. And then the summer glow is a yellow lens. So that is the blue light blocker versus the light therapy. So that's good for daytime people who work under like intense artificial lighting. If you have migraines, anxiety, kind of depression, those symptoms. Um, but blue box is really cool. And the founders do all the contact, like the customer support. So, and they encourage you to email them and like tell them your situation and they'll recommend if you should get the blue light glasses or the summer glow. So they'll tell you which ones to, to invest in. Um, just so nice because sometimes doing all the research yourself is just a bit too much. Yeah. Because at first I was like, I don't know if I should get the blue light or the summer glow. And then I explained and they told me to get the blue light ones for my, for my job. So I, I just love it. It's made a huge difference. And I notice a huge difference if I just wear my old like orange ones from other brands versus these red ones. And I've been wearing these every day at work um, or like while I'm working during the day. And I also love that they work um, with with restoring vision. So basically for every pair of blue blocks they sell, they donate a pair of reading glasses to restoring vision, which will give it to someone in need. So the social mission as well. So just an amazing company and like blue blocks is something like so worth it to invest in glasses. It's like you will have them forever and they're such high quality. They're like sturdy. Like when I got them, I was like, oh wow, these are like legit glasses. It's a like, Parker status. Yeah. Well, I've tried a few other very high quality brands like that are the same price. Um, and it's like the quality difference is, is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I really recommend these. I can't recommend them enough. I've switched a lot of people over um, and it just makes a huge difference on, on your overall health because sleep is like, I feel like one of the most underrated health hacks yes. and people don't realize if they literally just optimize their sleep alone, transformer, oh. like hormones, weight loss, productivity, um, gut health, like everything is I, I didn't have a good night's sleep last night and it, it's just every yeah. facet of my day yeah. has been different. Yeah. But over, it's like literally if someone cannot commit to like changing their diet or exercise, I'm like literally sleep before you, before you do that. Before you do anything. Um, yeah. So if you want to check out blue blocks, just go to blueblocks.com. That's B L U B L O X.com. And then my code wellness W E L L N E S S will get you 15% off of your pair. So again, blueblocks.com and my code wellness W E L L N E S S will get you 15% off. Awesome. So you kind of touched on this a little bit. And what I want to talk about is like, what are some things that you do that people might not think you would do in terms of like, 
being a health practitioner. Like I think sometimes people have this idea that like because you know everything, it's easy for you to just do everything perfectly, right? No. And like what are some of the things that you're like, oh, you probably don't know this about me, but I struggle with XYZ or I'm still working on this. Okay. This is why I tell everyone like, okay, I think everyone needs a coach. So whether that be a trainer, a nutritionist, a Reiki practitioner, a therapist, like everyone needs a life coach. Like everyone needs someone because trust me, everyone who knows all the things about all the things, they need someone else to hold them accountable and to, you know, like kick them in the butt. And I'm the same way. Like I know all the things, but I do a lot of things that like I know I shouldn't be doing Um, just because I'm human too, right? Um, Okay. So for example, my sleep schedule. I was like, that has to be number one. (laughs) Totally messed up. But you know, I work on it. I go through phases. It wasn't always like this. Mm -hmm. Like I was really good for a while. And then sometimes I'll have a few weeks where I'm really good. And then I just get out of it because I'm also a workaholic, you know? So that and like, for sure, using technology too close to bed, um, eating like right before you go to sleep. Right. Um, and what else? I can't think. I'm trying to think. Um, what are some of your guilty pleasures that aren't maybe like My guilty? I mean, like f- the Bachelor, Bachelor, full Bachelor franchise. The Is full Bachelor franchise. Oh, uh, the full Real Housewives franchise. <laughs> I love reality TV. Yeah. Um. I was talking to someone else about this. Like I feel people, I feel like very much judge me based on my television choices, but this is, I'm just going to be honest what I think. Everyone who thinks really freaking hard during the day, they love reality like TV where they're not thinking. People who aren't that stimulated at work, people who aren't that stimulated at work intellectually or during the day come home and they want to watch like West Wing or like, I don't know what do people watch. It's like, you think like, you know, like I only watch reality television or repeat shows that I've already seen. Yes, or like, I cannot like that's engage. why I love like romantic comedies, like things like I don't I can veg because I have thought so hard and felt so hard all day, every day. Do you know what I mean? And people, that's why I'm like people will be like, oh, you you like watch like trash, like, and I'm like, if you if you can come home and watch a thinking show. Like every night, if you're watching Black Mirror every night, you're not thinking enough during the day, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so why, uh, probably well, I guess it's someone, but it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> this is more about you than me. <laughs> <laughs> you should examine your own life if you got offended by that. Um, what else do I do? I, I want to, I'm really unorganized. I'm messy. You're laying on your floor right now. <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time on my floor. You sometimes um, eat not perfectly paleo desserts. Oh yeah. I think, I think I'm very straightforward about that though. I, don't, I think some people just get caught up in like, oh, you have to be so hardcore. And it's like, no, you have to live your life. I mean, I think I'm like, see, I see paleo as a template. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I eat very, cl- I think I eat cleaner yeah. than almost anyone I know. You do. But I, I mean, if it's dessert, I, if it's gluten-free and dairy-free, fine. Yeah. You know, like I don't really tied into anything. You got to embrace it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's funny. I, the guys at Mind Pump, they're always like, like they're like shit on paleo, and I'm like, you eat paleo? I'm like no, like, and I'm like, in my in my opinion, you do because you eat there. And then what they say is like, eat mostly whole foods. I'm like, to me, that's what paleo is. Exactly. Like if you eat rice here and there, you can still be paleo. Like 
if you're gonna tell me rob wolf and julie bauer aren't paleo like get out of here and it's just so not about like whether you are or it's are a not. philosophy exactly this is what people it's like what we're talking about with religion like if you do something outside of what the bible says are you no longer a catholic mm-hmm. no do you know what i mean like so i i just i never thought of paleo like that before you know if like someone someone could be paleo and eat oatmeal i don't care for you sure know? but i think i'm i generally eat very clean you do and then if i want a dessert if it's gluten-free and dairy-free if it won't make me ill i'll eat it I think I have a good balance. I think you do too. And I think that people just might not always like know that because like, yeah. you know. I I also think I eat very boring. I think people think like it, when you're a nutritionist or like you make recipes, you eat all these fancy. I'm like, all my meals are so boring. People ask me why I haven't posted meals lately. I'm like, because it's literally a bowl of just Ran, it's vegetables like, and fish yeah it's like zucchinis and carrots and fish on top like it's really not that exciting yeah, right. and it's the same thing over and over again i, I don't like switch it like do you know what I mean like it's super boring it's not that pretty um i don't put effort i'll make a recipe that serves that's supposed to create like eight servings or whatever yeah and i hoard it all to myself yeah. and just eat it for the next probably like six meals yeah it's not gonna last me all yeah, eight for sure <laughs> so um i think i probably eat a lot more food than people might th- i don't know what people think yeah i mean you 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 i don't want to say preach but like you kind of preach the like eat a lot of food so yeah i know that but um i don't know is there any, is something else i'm not thinking um of? no it's good i want to segue into something else um what oh. did you study in college i studied psychology um oh i think this is and? fun oh and film yeah film yes what was it officially called uh film media digital something i don't know um film definitely not health and wellness related definitely not health and wellness related although i i consider myself to have studied health as well because i spent far more hours listening to health podcasts and researching health related things than i did actually studying i also feel like so technically film was my minor but i always say i studied both because i took more film classes than i did psychology classes so like psych is a really small major and i also had so many ap credits that i didn't i think i took like five or six classes that was exactly how i was with yeah. my major and minor in college yeah i took like five or six psych classes and like 12 film classes yeah. you know so i was like i f- spent way more time doing film but i think also what's interesting is like kind of the trajectory i went I wanted to do many things. Like, let me take you through a few things. Like, when I was very little, I always dreamed of being an author. I wanted to write books. Um, And then I also wanted to be an actress. There's also a brief stint where I was convinced I was going to be the first female president. I told everybody this. People still bring this up to me. Like, oh, you still want to be the president? I'm like, absolutely not. Um, Anyways. Not these days. Yeah, not these days. And then, you know, going into high school... I thought I might want to be a psychologist. I really wanted to be like a therapist. I really wanted to work with um, like teen girls because I was so passionate about this bullying thing Mm -hmm. Um, and like mental health and kind of what I went through and like the body image and just uh, the depression, anxiety side. And I really wanted to work with like high schoolers or middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I started studying psych and I thought maybe I'll do like – I was really into relationships and thought maybe I'd be like a relationship therapist. And then um, I realized I wanted to do more like marketing or like PR. So a lot of my internships in college were like marketing PR. Um, For a while I was hoping to do marketing at Disney. I did a lot with Disney in college because like with the club and internships and And stuff. And because she's literally seen like 
every Disney movie a million times. Yeah, yeah. So I was um, head of marketing for the Disney Club at UCLA, and it's very hard to get to be in Disney Club at UCLA. Um, it was a very intense interview process, and like you get really cool perks. Like we got to see, like we we you go to the studios. We got to see movie before like release. Like we got really cool and like connections with being in LA in general, or like going to UCLA. You got a lot of connections. Like same with like honestly, if you study film at UCLA, you oh, have a leg up. Yes. On I mean I wasn't gonna or go USC, into film. Yeah, I wasn't gonna go into film, but it was like in class. It's like okay, here's who you meet. Like they brought the people to class. To be mm-hmm. Like here's to get an internship. You know what I mean? So you're very much set up. Um, so I, I wanted to like marketing or PR. And then as I started getting into more health, I was going to do like PR in like health and wellness. And then, um, after I got sick, I was like, honestly, screw all this. I want to do what I'm passionate about. And I was like, I'm going to go to cosmetology school. And I was very much going to go to cosmetology school after I graduated. And now she just gives facials in her apartment. I do. <laughs> so, because I've always loved makeup and in high school and college, like, I would do people's makeup for, you know, dances or whatever they had to do, like weddings. And um, I cut people's hair mm-hmm. in college for some side. side. Sometimes you teach people how to do makeup over FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was always very into makeup and hair and stuff. So I wanted to go to cosmeto- cosmetology school until my blog and podcast is kind of like became so health and wellness. I was like, honestly, I – my – the cosmetology thing was like my hobby that I loved. The health and wellness was like, this is my passion and what the world needs. Right. And it was like more of a purpose. Yeah. It was like more of a purpose than like, than like I love this and it's Mm -hmm. fun. You Mm -hmm. know, it was like a purpose. It was like, I want to help people change. I want to be the person that I needed when I was so lost and sick for other Mm -hmm. people. And then that's what made me want to do nutrition. Mm. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. So it's a I, bit of a saga, though. Yeah, it's a bit of a saga. So the fun fact about Christina, she still is like a amateur cosmetologist. <laughs> I'm not amateur. I'm advanced. Yeah, you are. She micro needles her own face. <laughs> Have you ever heard of anything more fucked up? <laughs> I feel like legally I'm not supposed to share that. Okay, maybe but, not. But it's fine. Yeah, I'm very into skincare and. I mean, so like my first like health issue, I was like, I need to fix was my skin. And mm. in, in high school, middle school, high school, I was like so embarrassed with my acne and my scars. And like, I've been on every medication, tried literally every product. Like I spent so many hours researching this, like what, you know, I would, I always, I'm like, I traded my health issues. Like for the first, like those five years, it was like Googling, like getting clear skin and getting rid of scars and trying everything. And then it moved into like, how do I fix my gut? And like, mm-hmm. I just get very obsessed with what problem I need to solve. Um, so I was super into skincare and I've been on, I was on pretty much everything except for Accutane. Um, and a lot with that, but also with like makeup, like I, I've always loved makeup. Like I remember learning to do my first smoky eye when I was five, my aunt's a cosmetologist and she taught me and I would like, I was wearing lipstick, like all the, I just always loved it and I still love it. Her, your makeup collection is insane. Oh, well my makeup collection now is literally like 1% of what it was two years ago. And I can't even, I mean, if I was to say that you have... 50 times as much makeup as I have <laughs> that might be underestimating switching it. to non-toxic I had to as like I eliminated so many it's so funny because I feel like I have nothing now compared to what I I used oh. to have basically a whole room like you have three full cups of just brushes <laughs> you need them for different blending techniques I have one brush I think but the makeup thing is super interesting because I just always have seen it as like 
it's art to me and like self like expression Mm -hmm. the same way some people love clothes and express themselves through clothes like i don't really care about clothes um I just love makeup and I would like for fun on the weekends just like practice different looks and like I love doing super extravagant like like almost costume makeup too. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like really bright, colorful. Like I like, like Hunger Games. Fr- yeah. I love doing different stuff like that and like I really like I always like wanted to be a beauty blogger, like a YouTuber and like do tutorials and stuff and I just loved and it's funny because a lot of people now um Sometimes people bring it up to them, like, why do you wear so much makeup? Like, are you trying to hide? And I'm like, first of all, I don't really feel like I wear that much. You don't. I think people think I do because I wear winged eyeliner. But I'm like, that takes me the same amount of time as actually takes me less time than if I just wear normal eyeliner. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, people, it's very weird. But I'm like, I never saw it as that. Like, I never saw it as like, when I put on makeup, it's like, my me time, my self care time, like anyone who knows me, like my roommates in college thought I was weird because I put on makeup even if I'm not seeing anyone during the day. Mm. Because to me, it's like it, it gets me in my zone. It's like my me time in the morning, and it's like creative for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, um, like I'd be doing it whether or not I was seeing people. I remember when I was in high school, my mom would be like, "Oh, are you going out tonight?" And I'd be like, "No." And she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm just staying in." She's like, "Why is your makeup like that?" I was like, "I just." It's fun. It. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fun. It's like you're trying new things. Like some people like to paint, like to draw, like to sing. I just think makeup's fun. It's like my creative outlet. Okay, so let's shift then. What are the things that are like the bane of your existence? Like you just hate doing them. Things I hate doing? Yeah, because like that's kind of makeup for me. I mean, oh, I, really? I, I do it like... Oh, I hate getting dressed. Yeah. Like I hate clothes. Like I wear the same thing every day. Yeah. I hate anything except for leggings and sweaters. And spandex, you love. Yeah, spandex. I love spandex. Um, I think that's also the volleyball player and like gr- like vo- doing volleyball for so long. So I played from fourth grade through senior year of high school, mm-hmm. like year round, and like you just live in spandex and t- a t shirt. Like you know, after you get home from practice, like, it's like I'm still in it. Like yeah. I just lived in that, um, and so I still feel more comfortable like that. But I think same with like leggings, you know. And at school, I always just wore leggings and a t shirt. Um, so I hate clothes. Um, I don't know what else. I hate like cleaning, mm-hmm. like my apartment. I hate. I don't like like decor or decorating, like a design, like that. I'm like I don't care. Um, right, like you're not gonna have this like insta worthy. Like- yeah, I'm not really into aesthetics. Like certain things, like small things, yes. But I'm more about. I'm. I think I'm more. Uh, I don't know rough around the edges if you like yeah me. it's just like there are things that matter more to yeah you. it was funny being in LA people would always be like I can tell you're not from LA because like I would just I'd go out like looking like a homeless person and everyone else in LA is like if like people can tell that you're not from LA yeah they yeah. probably would see yeah. me and be like yeah seriously you're an alien from <laughs> but another planet. you know what I mean I don't know I'm just yeah. like less I'm just really not concerned with like image mm-hmm. I guess very like down to earth about that. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your relationship history. My uh, There's not much to say. Let's talk about your love life. So give people a little... Uh, we got some... Um, <clears throat> we said nothing was off limits, but got some invasive questions that we're not going to address entirely. No, I mean, I hope you're addressing anything you want. So... Yeah, people just said, first childhood crush. <laughs> Should I answer that? Yeah. Um, I was in first grade and his name was Ryan Hogan. Okay. Ryan Hogan, if you're listening. Shout out. <laughs> I'm sure someone is listening who went to my, my elementary school. 
Um, yeah, he was my first childhood crush. I was like seven. That only lasted not very long. Okay. And then what was your first like real relationship? My first real relationship relationship was when I was 17. Okay. Through, we dated senior year of high school through, like we broke up sophomore year of college. Wow. Um, and that was my first, like, he was my first boyfriend and actually my only boyfriend, but I've had plenty of other like relationships where it's like not official like that. Right. So like before him, I didn't have a relationship, but I definitely had different types of relationships that were long. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But he was my first real boyfriend. He was my first real love. Um, yeah. And where are you at now with relationships? Um, I've been dating a lot <laughs> since I moved to San Diego. Okay. Um, people have come and gone, you know, some for longer than others. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. So I'm just open, but I'm not. I think I'm very, I think I'm very much emotionally ready for a relationship because I think that's the one part of my life that's like hardest for me Hmm. um and it was something i put off for long just to deal with it and just like it's definitely like the one thing that's like hardest for me to like trust because i have trust i've i have trust issues i have major trust issues with i have something with men Mm -hmm. specifically like Mm -hmm. that's been a thing um i have major like i do not trust men and it's really weird it's been something since i was very little um and I also trust issues with friendships too, as well. It's like, it's uh, hard for me to let, it's scary for me to let people feel very close to me and know everything about me. Um, and I think just, you know, having been hurt before in situations, but yeah, I think I'm very much emotionally ready for a relationship. It's just hard for me to find someone who I feel like is going to help me expand and as emotionally mature as I am. Mm-hmm. And who isn't intimidated by me to the point where they want to run away. Yes. You don't want to scare them away. And I think there's just also a lot. I'm a very complicated person. And like I make people think a lot. And that can be scary for people. Yeah. It makes some people uncomfortable. Yeah. And whatever. That's on them, not you. Yeah. Um, what about one thing we've talked a little bit about is like how past relationships and past like sexual experiences can really impact a person. Mm. So you can either, my question is either like maybe broadly speaking, mm-hmm. what do you have to say on that? Or if you want to talk about your own experience? Well, I think that a person's first real relationship, um, you know, not the guy you dated for a month or, you know, like, you know, I think everyone knows who their first real relationship was. Mm-hmm. I think that really informs kind of your perspective on relationships moving forward um, emotionally and sexually and just like what the person can give you. And I see a lot of, you know, as I'm dating and I'm like going on a date with a guy, I'm like, eh, he does this. I don't know if I can deal with that. And a lot of girls, you know, my friends are like, oh, that's just the thing guys do. You know, it's like, that's just, I'm like, well, not all guys, yeah, not all guys. Mm-hmm. you know? And like, I feel very um, lucky that I had a really good first relationship. So like, um, my ex-boyfriend, like we still, like it didn't end badly. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it was, um, we needed to grow, 
you know, it wasn't like something happened and we broke up. It was like we lived in different states. I had so much I needed to work through on myself in myself. I feel like he needed to grow too. And he like, I, I just like, I need to figure myself out and mm-hmm. I can't do that in this relationship. And he was also my crutch. Like he really was like, he made me really happy and it was like my way of avoiding that I was so depressed and anxious inside. It was like, while he was there, I was fine. But outside of that, I was just not. And I was like, I need to figure this shit out myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we are like, I mean, we we still, we're, we're totally cool with each other, you know? Like, um, and I feel really grateful that he was like my first real relationship because he treated me so well. And taught me so much and like he made me see the world in different ways and like his family was amazing and like treated me like their own daughter and um he just he just taught me a lot and he was a big reason why I studied film Mm -hmm. as well like Mm -hmm. he got me into like you know seeing movies as art um and same with music like you know he made me listen to music that I never would have listened to before, like eighties, nineties, like punk rock, like things like that. You know, he like made me grow, but just in terms of like the relationship, like he treated me really well. And now I compare everyone. I'm like, everyone I date, I'm like, you know, if they are not treating me to that standard bye. right. You know, because I know that guys can act like that. And I have friends who also are like that as well. Got like male friends who are, you know, just the same way. And so I'm not going to settle for someone who, you know, it's like, I feel like girls make excuses because that's maybe their first boyfriend didn't do all those little things for them. So like, you know, they're not used to it and they don't know that's, you know, normal. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I was, I was actually going to ask. So like, what, what if someone, right. What if someone is kind of listening to you say this and they're recognizing like, Oh, I am probably one of those people who wasn't treated as well in my mm-hmm. first relationship. And maybe I do have lower expectations mm-hmm. for, how do they sort of like reframe and how do they even become aware of like what a good relationship looks like? Well, I think intuitively we know what we want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like intuitively we know what that ideal relationship is. So write it down and like, how do you want that person to make you feel? And like, what are the things you want them to do for you? And like get very clear on what that is. And this is also like the practice of manifesting this person in is like believing they exist. But so many of us don't believe they exist because we don't, know where they are we haven't seen it and this is the idea of an expander so like Lacey Phillips talks about this a lot in manifestation it's like there are a few different things you need to bring something into your life and one is an expander and I do this with all aspects of my life and what that means is someone to prove that that possibility exists so for me like I have this with friends or with business like say I want my business to grow in a certain way and I want to see somebody turn x y and z into like monetize it and they grow and explode i need that person to be very clearly in my ecosystem like i need them so my subconscious sees it and knows this is possible like subconsciously so look for an expander with that type of man so maybe it's you know a family friend maybe it's a male friend maybe it's your friend's boyfriend maybe it's your friend's husband maybe it's you know it could be any male, like someone you see on TV. Yeah, it could be someone you see on TV. You know, I think it's better if it's someone in real life because I think sometimes there's a subconscious block, but or even someone on reality TV, you know, is it better? But find if you can find three examples of that that person exists, that makes it very clear to subconscious that they're there. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so recognizing what that is. And it's like, if that's what you want out of a person, they do X, Y, and Z, that they hold the door for you, or they think of little things, you know, they send you a text to remind you that they're like, find people who do that to make it clear it can happen. So you believe it can happen. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that's, that's a, that's a big piece of it. Is that help? Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And one thing I'll add, mm-hmm. even though you didn't ask me, um, is like, I think that we learn, we can learn so much both from like the positive things we've experienced and the negative. Yeah. So for me, I think I've learned just as much about what I want in a relationship mm-hmm. from experiencing the things that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you can just reframe it and not mm-hmm. think that like this is the status quo, but just realizing that didn't make me happy. Yeah. The way that person treated me or the things that he did did not make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I think we learned just as much about what we want from those experiences as well. Yeah, I would agree. So yeah, I just think like the first relationship is very important in terms of what you think is normal of how they treat you. I agree with that for sure. Um, I think some people just want to know, like, how are you doing? How am I doing? How are you doing? Always growing. I think that's our last one. Um, wow. This is like when people text me, how are you doing? And I'm like, honestly, I can't respond. I just don't answer. It's just too much. It's just too much. Um, I, I, like right in this moment well god i'm doing well like at the end of the day i'm really happy and mm-hmm. i love my life and i feel like i've come so far and i think i just always am learning about new things and i think um let's see personally i'm kind of okay personally i feel like with friendships um, I'm super happy. And I feel like that's been like the most stable part of my life for the last few years and something I don't have to think about. I think I really attract the type of person I want and I have amazing friends and I, I really can't complain there. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, like pretty stable. Like I have my, and that's because you've been very intentional about who you're friends with yeah. and putting up your boundaries and making sure that people know that if they aren't being a good friend to you, that is not going to be acceptable. Yeah, 100%. And like I look for friends who put in the same amount of effort as I do, mm-hmm. you know, so no more is this. I spent so long being in like friendships where I was doing 80%, they were doing 20 If someone, if that's happening, like they're not worth it. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think sometimes people work harder thinking they'll like me more and then they'll give it back. No, no. You don't have to give to earn to receive, you know? So I think all my friends give me what I, like, I try and give a lot to them and I know they will give a lot to me. Mm -hmm. I think that's also comes from a place of being confident that you deserve to receive, you know? Like if you're like, I don't want to talk about it because I don't, you know, I don't want to unload this all on you. Like, no, like I unload on you all the time and you unload on me. That's just like how it works. Right. Um, so I think friendships are great. Dating has been interesting. I feel like it's good. I feel like it's good. Like, yeah. I learned so much from every person I've dated and um, yeah, I don't know. It's still, you know, just happening. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like I'm at a place where I'm like, for a while I was like really going out and like making the effort and like and it was fun for you it was super fun initiating and now i'm at this place where i'm like i'm not gonna like try in the sense of like i'm not gonna be like on all these dating apps and like trying Mm -hmm. i'm like super open you know if it just like it pops my way it's coming and i'm open to it but i have so much else going on that i just 
don't care to try. It's not a priority right now. Yeah, and I don't say that meaning, like, if someone came into her life, I wouldn't try. Like, I'm always a trier in a relationship, you know? Like, whether it be whatever type of relationship it is, friend, mm-hmm. business, whatever. Um, but I'm just, like, not going to, you know, seek it try out. and force a relationship. I'm not going to be, like, on hinge for five hours a day, like, looking through every person mm-hmm. on there. Like, whatever. Um, and, okay. Business-wise? Business-wise, things are really in flux like things are shifting big time you know so I for a while was seeing so many clients and then burnt myself out um and my health kind of just died again because I was so overstressed and you know I moved and I don't see as many people I see some people I'm kind of doing a mixture of everything right now and I think podcast has always been super podcast is really stable like kind of just still doing my thing um and i love that and then with clients i love reiki like i love the mixture of like the nutrition side and reiki and like how how, i think it's really cool how my um my work with people has transformed in the sense of everybody i work with is like pretty much a combination of nutrition lifestyle a lot of emotional work very truly holistic brain retraining and spiritual reiki stuff so Mm -hmm. like you know i have uh, quite a few clients who like they'll come in like they come into the office right and we do like reiki and then we spend time talking about the nutrition and the supplements and then we talk spend a bunch of time doing the brain retraining such like emotional work child inner child work like it's super everything Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and i think that the reiki has been such a cool component of that like because i have a lot of clients where it's like you know i can tell you we have the nutrition and supplements handled like this is what you're doing but like let's explore the spirituality side of things you know or like let's talk about your job and your relationship and like, you know, all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. I just think it's cool how it's soup, everything really interconnects. And I feel like I'm really good at being really individualized with everybody. Um, I think when I first started, I was, you know, kind of leaned a certain way with nutrition supplement protocols, very similar, like really focused on that. And now it's like some people come to me and they think they need food. And I'm like, no, you need Reiki or no, you need like emotional work, like, like brain re- rewiring yeah. stuff. Or some people I'm like, you know, you really have that cover. Like we're really going to focus on the food. Um, so it really depends on the person and same with like nutrition. It's like, I used to be very much like more people were lower carb. And now I'm like, because I've experienced so many things. I'm like, ah, you come to me. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. You know, I had people who like, lean more plant-based and I have people who are I have clients who are carnivore you know Mm -hmm. I have people who are like you know we're carb cycling like it's all over the place yeah you know and I think you posted in the I think it was the wellness real this podcast Facebook group actually um just asking a question about like how how people respond to vegetables oh that was in my paleo oh sorry that was in the paleo lifestyle group and it was really cool to see the responses and you and I were talking about it this morning and just like, I thought the coolest part about it was just seeing the bio-individuality yeah. in it. And I think that that's something that, I mean, speaking for myself, I wouldn't have been as open to a couple mm-hmm. years ago because I yeah. just kind of thought it was like the same for everyone. Yeah, same. And I think you and I have both like really grown in our understanding of like how different people can be mm-hmm. and how complex and even like for ourselves, yeah. how much our bodies change and um, just yeah. like listening to that and responding. That's the only way people are going to f- really find what's going to work for them. And I think that's for me, like it's definitely a roadblock to business because I don't niche down into like low carb keto or, you know, high carb or shit. Like I don't niche down into that. And that's 
that's technically better for business. It's easier for people to find me, but I don't believe in that because like, you know, I, I was thinking about this. Had I asked that question in, in like I, pretty much any other of those Facebook groups, like people in a keto Facebook group, there's like really a right or wrong answer. Like, I feel like it's cool. I've created a community where like I can ask that question and like they know there's no right or wrong answer because I will be just as supportive if somebody says they feel better eating less vegetables and more meat as I will saying they feel better eating more vegetables, less meat as I will when they say, you know, I actually feel best eating gluten-free grains. Right. Like I'm just as supportive either way. Um, but you don't find that in most of these other nutrition communities because they're all leaning in one direction or the other. Right. And you feel this almost like shame if you have a different experience and you're trying to fit yourself in that box. And I think it just comes back to what you said at the beginning about like you just want people to live their best lives and yeah. to be like their most full and kind of like purpose-driven and um, kind of just on fire with life yeah. selves. Yeah. And there's not one size that fits for everyone. Yeah, 100%. And like, you're not going to feel that way. Like with the nutrition, like if you're in a group where people are trying to tell you eat a certain way and you feel different, like shouldn't it be empowering people if they find something that makes them feel awesome to be like, hell yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and like, let's find the healthiest way of doing what works for you. Totally. You know, like... any any way of eating you can do it unhealthy or healthy you know you Mm -hmm. can do high carb or low carb in a healthy way or or an unhealthy way so it's just like what works for you and how do we make you feel awesome doing that um so i think i don't need so i think it's cool how like with clients that has like transformed but i'm definitely in this space where i'm seeing less and less people individually individually you know i ended the program it's just going to be sold you know just DIY self-study which is still amazing content but pushing everything into the membership and building that out sorry I'm like trying to swallow my water um building out the membership just because it's really important to me so that I can keep pumping out content for people and there's so much information that I could write in a blog post that they could really help themselves with um much more quickly than like making an appointment with me and it is and, such more accessible price. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's so much cheaper. Like I could take all these topics and put them all into individual eBooks and like buy them, like sell them all as eBooks or you can get all of it. Like it's continuously added to resource. Yeah. You know, so you could buy an eBook on gut health tomorrow for 10 bucks. Right. Or you can, you know, spend 10 bucks on this ever growing resource that forever will be more and more content added to and it can it's like it's it's always i mean i'm a huge fan of the membership i've been a part of it basically yeah. since you started it but it's like it can act as like an ongoing source of information yeah. for you that just updates on things that you may not be yeah. hearing about it can also be your full workout program yeah. Yeah. it can be like a full cookbook yeah like it's crazy yeah. it's everything is in there and i just want it to be a place where people can get all the information and like you know i'm talking like talking about gut health and hormones and mental health and spiritual like everything is in there Mm -hmm. and so you can really take the information and put the pieces of the puzzle together for yourself as well and also the q a section and just like really building that out because i feel like it's such a low a low barrier to entry it's so cheap and you can like literally put supplement protocols in there i put my my leaky gut protocol in there i put my you know um what, what was the other one? My liver detox protocol and like things like healing from amenorrhea and mm-hmm. getting off birth control. And like, it's literally right there. Like, so you could pay someone 
$300 for a leaky gut protocol, you can freaking go there, right? And it's faster for you. And I think, um, I think it's empowering for people to have all the information right there. And such a low barrier to entry where it's like what we were talking about before. It's like, I am only interested in people who are ready to make changes and really ready to heal and get there. And if you're someone like my, I, it's not my job to convince you that you're ready. Like I'm not going to convince you that has to be you. Um, and if you really are ready to take control of things, whether you have like a big health issue or you just want to feel better, like you will pay for it. I like, that's the number one way to tell if someone is, is going to put in the work is if they will put money down. And like, if you can't put nine bucks down, you don't deserve the information. Yeah, I totally know like people who, this is how you can tell who's serious about getting better. People who are only looking for free information, like everyone knows the best information isn't free. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. So, you know, they, if they want to be honest about it and it's like people who only get free information who are in people's DMS who are like, like, and they won't pay for something like you're not serious about it. Yeah. And I find for myself, it's almost like keeping me accountable to learning and growing, but also like, I don't have to surf a million websites. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And anyway, so helpful. we've been talking about some really cool things that you're doing with membership this week, this weekend. So mm-hmm. I, I would tell people to just like stay tuned. Cause I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of really interesting new content coming out and yeah. new ways to engage with membership. So yeah. I, it's going to yeah, be awesome. I'm making some shifts. So, and I'm I like, well, it's still, so I'm redoing, I'm redoing my whole website right now, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm like rebranding in a sense, like not the way I did last time where I like changed the name and everything. I'm just like, redoing the whole website so I've been working really hard on that and like working on a ton of content that's gonna go into the membership and Mm -hmm. like you know other programs and I've alluded to this before but like books like that I'm working on um so I have just kind of I'm in a building phase Mm -hmm. for sure with with business and it's really exciting and it's like I'm just like focused on it. I don't know. And I keep getting new ideas. I feel more creatively inspired, but it's going to like, it's a lot of building. It's interesting, you know, being an entrepreneur and this type of work, like where you have to go through phases where just you're building and then it's like the hard work will, will come to fruition. But you know, so I'm really excited. Um, and yeah, I love the workout thing was, is so true. Like I literally created my workout plan from now until my Christmas break. Yeah. You this can, morning. Yeah. I can using do your easily. Workouts. I mean, even with the workouts that are up right now, you could do like a whole year of workout oh, yeah. routine easily. Easily. Um, so I just don't like to use dumbbells cause I'm a win. Yeah. So I'm doing the body weight ones first, yeah. but I'm hoping I'm gaining enough strength that then I can move on to the dumbbells. Yeah. So and, cool. but I'll be adding more workouts. So, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you can get all those, but yeah, so that's really fun. Just like rebuilding and changing things. I'm, I have a lot of outside projects I'm working on. Um, so I think there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. So I think what else is going on? So business, relationships. Let's do like a quick one on health. Oh, Jesus Christ. Keep it quick. Okay. Uh, this is the biggest one. I know, but we could talk. That could be its own podcast episode. Okay, let me just say my piece. Yeah, okay. say your piece. So, you know, all that stuff happened with my gut. It's been like crazy. And then and like a year ago, I finally found out what was happening was I had three parasites and I had... Um, mold toxicity and heavy metals toxicity. And like, if you're not familiar with this, like mold and metals, like takes a while to, Mm -hmm. to overcome. And like, that's part of why I moved as well. Um, so like, you know, a long time working on that. And then I got rid of the parasites, but still having gut problems. And I think what's really difficult with me is like, I mean, I have access to some of the 
I mean, you, you could basically, so anyone who has been on my podcast, I have kind of access to, right? And I've talked to a, a lot of people and just a lot of my friends are, you know, I feel like I have access to the greatest minds in health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just always, people are stumped, you know? So it's very interesting, but I'm hoping now, I I for sure like have had, I say this into it, people are going to get butthurt, but like, hydrogen sulfide SIBO I'm like 100% convinced of it right but it's like still there's no official test for it but I have all the SIBO symptoms and I have the hydrogen sulfide symptoms and then when I addressed my CBS mutation my sulfur intolerance things got better and it's just like totally so um I had to kind of do prior work on my body before I could get to this place and now I'm putting myself on a protocol for hydrogen sulfide SIBO so I'm going to do a SIBO protocol that I've adjusted to where I think it will help with the hydrogen sulfide and the sulfur intolerance um so I'm going to do that for the next like two months which is like definitely been Liz knows like the last two weeks I've been kind of a wreck like I've had really bad die off which uh, sucks in the moment, but I've been really excited about it because I think it means something is happening because the last three years, every protocol I've been on, I don't know. I don't have die off symptoms. I just kind you of don't like, feel a difference. Yeah. I don't feel a difference. I just kind of like always was like, this is the same. Yeah. Um, so the fact that something's happening is good. So I am, um, going on that protocol for my gut and I'll see how I feel at the end of, you know, the next two months. Um, and in the meantime, like just testing other things just to like get baseline. Um, but besides, I mean, my last gut test was pretty much clear. So it's, you know, and then that's kind of what's going on. And then molds and heavy metals just kind of always working on the detox and that's kind of what's happening. So I think that is the health thing is kind of always like still figuring it out, but I think in general, like. I think what's, oh, interesting. It's like, I've been having a lot of fun in the last couple months working with Jeremiah. Like I never worked, actually, that's not true. I worked with a trainer before, but not like this. Um, like he does, um, my nutrition, like in terms of macros, just been super, I've never done macros before or like tracked. So it's been really interesting for me and a really good learning experience and very helpful for me with clients. Um, I don't have anyone track or do, I don't believe you need to, but it's like, I see my body as a science experiment, which I love trying things. So that in training and I love his workouts and I love having someone just like do my workouts for me where mm-hmm. it's very customized and he's really great for accountability. Like he makes me fill out a tracker on like, did I do my nighttime routine and what time did I go to bed? And you know, what time, and, like, how did my recovery feel? And like mm. all of these different biomarkers, he has me just like a lot of like self-reflection awareness. And I need that accountability from someone. I want to um, do that. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun for me to like, kind of like do this and see how different I have such better awareness of how different macronutrients make me feel and how different combinations and foods make me feel like, I feel like I've learned so much about myself and like I've been doing cool I feel like diet experiments like I've been eating really high carb for a while you know the last whatever and I feel much better I've been eating mostly fish and I feel great um and I don't think I'm gonna eat this way forever but like it's giving me a lot of awareness like I know what I need to eat to feel really full Mm -hmm. and for a long time I had crazy hunger forever and like I thought the parasites were the issue I thought the gut and it was like I cleared I'm still having it and like literally getting like scientific about my macros i've solved the issue which is just so crazy yeah 
you know it's you thought it was so complicated yeah and it could have been at some point yeah. but yeah well it's because everyone around me was telling me that's just like the gut thing or it's in your head mm-hmm. it's either in my head or it's like the gut stuff and i was like it's literally not and yeah everyone showed you and like as soon as i like really yeah, fuck that yeah it's like but it really shows how like people think they're eating one thing and they're not like even when days i thought i was high carb i was like damn i was not you know and like now i'm like i really understand or like if i need to get more food in but I'm full. I know what to eat to like still be able to eat it. Do you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. really know how to manipulate my macronutrients depending on how my body um, feels and like needs. So how have our macros cool. been this weekend? Our macros have been pretty much what they always are when I eat out, which is kind of like not enough protein, a lot of carbs, a lot of fat. Yeah. That's pretty right. much how it is. So, I mean, when I eat out, I don't really, but when I eat myself, I have more, it's very interesting. Yeah. So, and I've learned like, saturated fat like concentrated sources of saturated fat trigger my hunger signals Hmm. um, which actually i've looked into the science behind that and it's something that um a certain percent of the population based on our genes it's like it literally can have the same effect in your brain as sugar wow um so a lot of people don't experience that for a lot of people saturated fat or like fat will make you feel super full um for me it literally triggers my hunger and it tends to be people who also are more inclined to have like um, addictions so whether it be to drugs alcohol um, eating disorders exercise um, it's something in your brain it's super interesting that's really yeah, interesting. i looked into yeah it was like it, it they've done studies like on this on these people with this gen- genetic mutation and like their brain lights up the same way if you feed them sugar you should write a blog post about this for the members i should I, I will. I think I will. I'm super interested. Yeah. So it's been super fascinating. I learned a lot about myself, but that's kind of what's going on. So I'm really hoping that at the end of the SIBO protocol, and I was telling Liz, I was like, it's been really humbling because like I haven't been in the space in a while where I was like, I need to go on another SIBO protocol. Like, or like I haven't had to deal with diet off or like how my body's feeling. Like when your whole, it, to get better, oftentimes you have to feel a lot worse, you know, like like with the die off and like the bloating gets worse and I feel nauseous and I feel like, you know, flu like and crazy fatigue and I haven't had to deal with this in so long. Um, and it's like humbling for me again, cause I'm really back in the physical space and mental space where like so many of my clients are. Um, and I haven't been here in like three years, mm. but I'm excited about it. I feel like I know so much better how to, and I, and I understand even more so how it could be so, difficult for someone who is this isn't their job or their life or they're not a practitioner like not having the information which i was telling you earlier is even more so why it's so important for me to like put out this information and do this work um so people have a reliable you know source of information and someone who gets it because like what you were saying it's like i'm so sick of people putting me on a protocol and like never checking in on me like Mm -hmm. there's this whole emotional side of it that no one talks about um and just like how your body responds to things yeah different yeah and even just like validation when you're like your doctor puts you on some herbals and you're like why is my bloating i look like i'm carrying triplets right now like why do i feel like i'm gonna throw up like why if i eat a vegetable i feel like i'm gonna vomit like all these things and just to have someone be like this is actually a healing reaction. It's mm-hmm. actually good. Like you are valid in like feeling like a, you know, a blob right now, but like 
it will get better and like we're gonna troubleshoot if you're not feeling better in, in this many days like we will pull back we'll adjust yep. like having that you know so I can see really how it can be scary for someone who isn't as knowledgeable because I think sometimes I'm just so deep in the space um even with podcast conversations you know I'm like I forget that not everybody is reading about this all day every day and like it's not normal to them right um so it's kind of good to be put back into that place yeah yeah so do you have any other final questions um i don't think i do okay i think this is pretty comprehensive you feel like everyone knows i have a question for you yeah what is there what's something that you know about me that you think people would be surprised to know about me i know a lot about you you know actually something that i was talking to brianna diorio about Mm. Um, because we both relate to this. It's like people think we're super tough and like blah, blah blah, but we are all we are actually also the most sensitive, empathetic people. Like I'm the type of person like, you know, people think I'm just like I don't know steel or like you know like, but I have feelings and I'm like I'm the type of person where I see something sad and I will go home and sob. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like I really feel energy and I'm so like other people's emotion. When I see someone else who is sad or hurt like it break it like breaks me on such an emotional level yeah and i think people don't realize that well i think that's why you're in the business you're in right yeah. because you empathize with people and um you're just like really open to seeing how making positive changes in someone's life can like radiate across all areas of their life yeah i think it's just like you know people know, like the no bullshit thing it's like yeah i'm no bullshit i'm very straightforward but like that doesn't mean i don't feel very hard and very deeply i think i feel more deeply than most people yeah um but i just still like it straight but i'm curious if there's anything you feel like or anything you were surprised to learn about me Besides that, my guilty pleasure is Halo Top birthday cake and dairy free. That ice shocked cream. me. Honestly, <laughs> truly shocked me. Um, I mean, I think just I'm always fascinated to know someone. And I think you and I have also been friends through a very interesting time of life where you've grown a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's been really cool for me to see how you've changed over the years. Yeah. We were talking about this too. Like our, our levels of personal growth are just accelerated. Yes. Like on the fast track. It's, it's pretty insane. <laughs> it's exhausting sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean for you, I, I remember like the very first time we met and a lot of things about you are the same, mm-hmm. you know, which I love. Like, it's just kind of who you are at your core. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, just to see the ways that you've gotten to know yourself and you, I think your confidence is the number one thing that I've really seen just like skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I've just been really impressed with like, I think it's kind of tying on the no bullshit thing and how people think that like you're maybe confident and like super tough and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, doing what you're doing in terms of business and being an entrepreneur at like right out of college is, is fucking scary. Yeah. And there's so much risk involved with it. And I think that it's easy for people to think like, Oh, she has so many Instagram followers and like everything is so easy for her. And like, it's been really interesting for me to see behind the scenes of how hard you have to work yeah, and how much you really care about the way that you serve people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't think that there are very many people in like the Instagram space that, feel the same way about that that you do and Mm -hmm. put in the amount of effort and thought that you do so I think that's probably one thing that surprised me is just like seeing how much goes into your business and the emotional and um like intellectual 
back end mm-hmm. that people don't see. Yeah. I think also I'm someone who probably makes more work for myself in the sense of I don't like to feel like something was handed to me. And I think I could have a lot of things handed to me and I go out of my way to make sure they're not. Does that make sense? Yes. Like um, a lot of people who will offer to help me out with things and I will be like, no. Do you know what I mean? It's like I need to prove to myself that I can do it. And I think that is true. It's like like I literally started a business like in college and I was like, you know what I mean? And like worked my ass off. And like, I don't think people, they just see, you know, the content. Yeah. And people, I don't know why people have this, this impression that just because you have X number of Instagram followers, like your life is so easy and you're an influencer. Like, yeah, it's just, it's very crazy to me, but yeah, I don't know. You're not the typical influencer. I think, I mean, I don't have that many followers. Well, compared to a normal human. I feel like today in, what is it, 2019, I feel like a lot is like two million. <laughs> two million? Girl, come back to Earth. Oh, man. I don't know. All right. All right. Okay. Christina, I want to thank you so much for coming on this thank episode you for of being the Wellness host. Realness. Tell I, everyone where to where to find you. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, you can find me on my website, Christina Rice Wellness dot com, and on Instagram at Christina Rice Wellness, and on my podcast that you're listening to right now, Wellness Realness. Wellness guys, Realness. Thank you so much for joining me. Stay tuned for another <laughs> great episode coming Tell up. Tell us if you if you want Liz back. <laughs> if you want just, Liz for but round two. If you want Liz to be the permanent co-host of this podcast. I feel like you didn't ask me anything that hard. I thought you were going to ask me something really hard, but you know, maybe I'm just that confident. I'm really prepared. Yeah, I don't know what. I mean, we got pretty. We got into maybe it. Maybe we could do a, like a raunchy part two. Yeah, maybe a raunchy or like a raunchy funny or like some deep philosophical spiritual. Yeah. Does God exist? This situation. was like a good. This was a good baseline. This is a good baseline. We can do. So guys, here's what we send Christina a DM. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna the biggest put, pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't DM her. Don't DM me, please. But we want to know if we should do a part two. Wait, can I just say something? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, this is the thing about DMs that I want to make clear. Okay, I, it's not that I don't, I love interacting with people. Like, this is, that's the point. But I create boundaries. So, like, DMs are my boundary. Like, DMing me isn't interacting with me. Interacting with me is commenting on a post. Posting in the podcast Facebook group. You know, like, in the membership portal. Like, posting in that, like... All of these are like even sending in a question to the podcast. Like those were my bad. That's what I created the space, right? To, to interact. And I really want interaction there, but like those were my boundaries. And Mm -hmm. it's like when people are in my DMS, I'm like, it's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's that I don't want it here. I want it public or like, you know, my favorite places, blog post comments. I put so much time into blog posts. And like, if you comment on a blog post, it means so much to me. And like it, if you have a question, it benefits so many more people if you post it publicly on a blog post or on an Instagram photo. I would prefer a blog post, though, because it's like the person reading it is more relevant to them, you know, like mm-hmm. um, so that I can answer and everyone else can benefit. Because if you have that question, I'm sure someone else does, too. Um, so that's my thing with 
DMs because I think some people like they don't want to interact with me because they think like I don't want the interaction. That's not true. I love interacting with you and anyone who's ever met me or talked to me knows I'm like, I think people are sometimes shocked by how like into it I am. Oh no, you love it. I do this for that purpose, but I just want it to be in a public place to really create the community. And like, those are my boundaries because like, you know, those are just my boundaries. And at some point it just becomes disrespectful if you've been, because you have been very clear about what your boundaries are. And if people don't respect that, I, and it's like, it's, not fair it's to you. so many places to be checking for messages. Like, and for me, it's just like, I ask, it's like, please make it easier for me. So if I can just check all the comments, I can cover everything. Yeah. You know, it's easy for me to miss things, you know, that are in a DM or like, you know, and I can benefit more people and I just mm-hmm. really want to make the communities. So it's like, not that I don't want interaction. I love interaction. Like, I love it so much and it means so much to me. I just really want you to do it in a place where other people can interact too. Yeah. So let's say this. On the um, Instagram photo that accompanies this podcast yeah. release, comment and let us know if we should do a part two. Yes. Um, let Christina know if you'd like me to take over as the permanent host of Wellness Realness. <laughs> as the permanent host? The permanent host. You can be the co-host. <laughs> I am the bones of this of this operation. But nice try. Welcome to Wellness Realness with Liz. With Liz. An unnamed, <laughs> like... Welcome to Wellness Realness with that paleo with, girl. What a podcast name. With the artist formerly known as. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Um, Liz, where can people find you? Nowhere. I guess my personal Instagram account, if you want. (laughs) You're welcome to follow my personal Instagram account, (laughs) at Elizabeth Anthony. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really do anything in the health and wellness space anymore besides living it. Besides be my, um, learn about My supporter. Yeah. Who support me. I'm Christina's biggest fan. Yeah. Thank you. That's your, your best friend should be your biggest fan. That's how, yeah. That's friendship tip, y'all. Yeah. And dating piece. advice, guys. So true. If he's not your biggest fan. GTFO. GTFO. FGI. If you aren't following along, listen to the podcast more closely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Liz. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.